Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and Tech Podcast, a roundtable discussion with leading WordPress and tech experts, hosted by Jonathan Denwood. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and Tech. I've got a joyous panel with me, full of joy and sunshine and light. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. But first, the guests, I've got the fantastic and very helpful Jonathan World, <laughs> unlike some of the panel. Jonathan, would you like to introduce yourself to the tribe? I, I am Jonathan Wold. Uh, let's see, it's about 17 years in WordPress now, and I feel like we're just getting started. That's great. I've got uh, another guest. I've got my Thursday show um, co-presenter, Andrew. Andrew, would you like to introduce yourself? Certainly. I'm Andrew Palmer from Bertha.ai, and we love Yoast. And you can write copy within WordPress with Bertha.ai. I've got Sally and one of her furry friends. You have to watch it. I'm Sally Getch, the WP fangirl, organizer of the East Bay WordPress meetup, our Lady Full of Snark. Oh, oh, and Cat Lover. I've um, got my friend John Locke. John, would you like to introduce yourself? John from Lockdown SEO. And I've got my friend Spencer. Spencer, would you like to introduce yourself? Spence from WPLaunchify.com. And before we go into the great stories that we got this week for you, Tribe, we got a few messages from our major sponsors. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Allow us to introduce you to Castos, our major sponsor. If you're looking to get into podcasting, Castos is for you. No penalties on the amount of downloads and the support, should you need it, is the best in the industry. Take a look at Castos for your podcasting solution. That's castos.com, castos.com. The importance of backing up your WordPress website cannot be emphasized enough. We use BlogVault to help us do this on a daily basis. With free staging, migrations, and on the pro plans, malware scanning, and autofix, BlogVault is the professional's choice when managing just one website or many. Go to blogvault.com and see for yourself. You seriously won't find a better, more complete solution. That's blogvault.com, blogvault.com. We're coming back. Um, I'd like to point out we've got some great offers from some of our sponsors. You can get these and also recommendations of plugins and services. You can get all this by going to WPTonic slash recommendations and all the goodies are there. So let's go straight into it, panel. Number one story from the tavern. WordPress contributors consider renaming full site editing. So, Jonathan, Jonathan, what did you think of this story? Uh, I like that we're willing to ask this type of question. Like, I appreciate, appreciate it. I appreciate that Josefa like opened this up. It's because uh, at this point, it seemed to me a bit of a foregone conclusion. It's going to be called full site editing, and at the same time, I felt questions about it. It's like, yeah, full site editing. How is this different? Like, where does this fit? the customization the versus like the customizer, et cetera. So I'm intrigued to see where it goes. I don't have a strong opinion or perspective on it. I'm just glad that we're asking bigger questions like this because it's risky. It's a risky question because there's going to be a lot of opinions and you won't make everyone happy. Never, so. never, yeah. never. Um, actually, I actually also think um, 
I've heard a couple of people say this, and I agree. I wouldn't be surprised if WordPress.com renamed themselves, because it is very confusing, isn't it, to have WordPress.com and then WordPress.org, isn't it? And trying to explain to somebody who's not part, really, of the WordPress community why you got two naming conventions, is it? I'd love it if they did. That's, uh, but I, I don't, I don't see that yeah, on the I radar. Suspe- but. I suspect that since they're making money, uh, uh, they they would prefer the .org people to change the name versus um, <laughs> changing the name of .com. Well, that's that's never going to happen. But I think it's going to be a lot easier to change. Um, and then they can have a new pricing structure then with the renaming, <laughs> couldn't they? Uh, um, so, and, so Andrew, what did you think of this story? Oh, I think it's a bit shutting the stable door after the horse has bolted. You know, when you get used to something, you get used to something. It's called FSE, you know, it doesn't matter what it means and whatever. But, I mean, for the DIYer or for the person that's going into WordPress.com, it kind of really doesn't matter. I mean, they're expecting to have access to full sites anyway. And they want, you know, there's a bit of confusion there. Um, the Elementor users, cloud users, they don't care about FSE because it's Elementor. The page builder users don't care about it. Um, but it's sensible to ask the question. There's no doubt about it. But it, should it be just called a thema? Should it just be called WordPress? Who knows? Why do you need to give it a title? WordPress is already WordPress. And one would expect when you have a builder built into WordPress that it would build everything including edges, footers, sidebars, and pages, right? Yeah. Don't even really think they should call it anything. Maybe they shouldn't just call it anything. Just take it away. Yes. So what do you reckon, Spencer? Nothingness? Should there be silence? Nothing? This is... this. uh, Hit your mute button for me. Uh, this uh, This reminds me of, like, when people are sitting around arguing about things that make no difference, like rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. Now, I don't mean to say WordPress is going down. I think things have made amazing progress. And I'm actually, like I say, keeping my word with something that I feel is going to simplify stuff. But when it comes to full site editing and the naming conventions, and then should a tab go inside of uh, the theme thing for block editors, all that is rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic when they could be focusing their attention on some really core stuff. Like, what's wrong, you know, with the actual block editor or what's wrong with, you know, the the repositories themselves. So I kind of look at it like that. It's like, okay, you know, if, if Josefa feels that's important to talk about, great. But I think it's just going to add confusion. It reminds me quite a lot of PayPal. Now, there's a new product to PayPal that I have some direct involvement with through, through one of our um, clients that supposedly is going to make PayPal into one named product with one button, like using Stripe. But if you look at PayPal as of today, there must be 187,000 products and different names they've used, and not a single human on the planet can navigate that, even somebody who makes their living off of doing it. And I think that's the danger here with WordPress, when they start changing names of stuff that are currently not even fully understand understood. So what do you reckon, John? Yeah, one of the comments in uh, this, the comment section suggested that uh, they're talking about renaming it because Elementor targeted full site editing and and crossed the 10 million download threshold 
I, I know that they're intrinsically locked in this uh, silent battle with elementary for market share um, of a uh, drag and drop, you know, easy builder, low code solution. Uh, ultimately, I, I think this is m mostly about branding as they uh, get this product out of alpha, you know, get it polished up. Eventually, they're going to want to uh, challenge Squarespace with this. So um, I think they're trying to get the name of it polished more for a branding purpose than anything else. Yeah, you're probably right. What do you reckon, Sally? Uh, well, it's a reminder that naming is one of the two hard things in programming. And uh, <clears throat> you know, the thing is that FSE is a handy nickname for people who are uh, working on it, but eventually it's just going to be WordPress. I mean, that is the vision, right? That all of WordPress is going to use full site uh, 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 editing just as all of WordPress is is going to use the block editor. And so, uh, you know, eventually we're going to stop saying block editor and just start saying editor because that's what it's going to be. Uh, but, I mean, you can't change the name because uh, Elementor targeted this expression uh, for its ads because whatever you change the name to, Elementor will target its target that expression for the ads this is what companies do they advertise against their competitors uh, names and taglines like they're almost as bad as awesome motive uh, right that's that's just the way the world works and you know that's not restricted to to, to wordpress political candidates do it all the time uh, uh, so you know, as a couple of people in the in the comments pointed out, can can we worry a little bit less right now on what we're calling it, and a, a, a little bit more about uh, you know working the bugs out and and making it uh, usable? Uh, except, of course, the phrase the phrasing was a, a bit snarkier in the comments because comments on the tavern are often like that. Um, you know. Or, or I, uh, right, right. And, uh, you know, it is challenging to name things. I worked for a naming company for a while, uh, and it's much harder uh, th than it seems on the uh, uh, on the surface. But it is fairly astounding how many people do it really badly. <laughs> what they come up with, you're like, and that means what to whom? Uh, yes, yes. Can you imagine if your car, if you got in your car, which is like WordPress should be a car, right? It should be a functioning vehicle for what it does. If you got in your car and you go like, hey, does your car have the throttle? Do you, are you using the throttle? Like, are you using the gas pedal? Are you using the shifter? Like, they're talking about WordPress, and that's what the best thing about this comment was you said. It's like they're talking about components of WordPress like they're functional things of the system, but they're being talked about independently like, Hey, do you have a gas cap? You got the gas cap? Like, oh, my, I, my car doesn't have the gas cap on it. Ah, uh, yes. Well, have 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 you ever been to the to to an auto museum? You know, you look at those very first automobiles, and and there was no standardization. You know, each manufacturer was just figuring it out. Do we have a crank here? Do we have uh, things that you shift there? Do do you have them under your feet? Do you have them? <clears throat> and uh, you know, of course, that meant that driving was a a, a very challenging thing. Uh, and so, uh, yeah. Eventually, we want 
you know, standardization and, and standard naming uh, for things. But, uh, you know, I think if we just focus on like, and this is the content editor and this is the template editor, that might be sufficient to make sense to people. Retio, I think we're going to story two. This is a, I think this is a really interesting story. We, Mr. Musk, we've been taking, well, I've been taking the mickey out of him for his Twitter uh, espionages, whatever term you want to use. But this is quite a serious story, I feel. Tesla driver using autopilot kills motorcyclists, prompting another big title NHTSA investigation. This is a The Verge story. Um, I feel, I'm finding it quite alarming. Um, let's start with a Mr. Musk admirer. Let's start with my beloved John Locke. John, what yeah. did you think of this story? Because I think it's quite distressing and important, actually. Well, I think Tesla is going to be, um, as as far as like market share, they're going to be in a lot of trouble once all the, the major U.S. automakers catch up with autonomous vehicles. And, you know, other manufacturers like Google and Apple are working on their own autonomous cars. But I think it is rather alarming that, they have so many bugs um, in these vehicles, which like can kill people on the road. Um, the the whole thing with the doors locking, like when there's a fire inside and people being incinerated inside the Tesla, it's just, it's just not a brand that I would ever buy. Um, not a lot of, I don't have a lot of faith in this, in this company, just the way that it's ran, the, the scandals that happen behind the scenes, the way that they treat their workers um, in the factory and uh, the way that the cars are manufactured. Um, just a brand I can't endorse. So Jonathan, what's your thoughts on this? You know, um, obviously we don't have all the facts, but there does seem to be a pattern um here when's the last time you read a news story about a regular car hitting a vehicle when the driver not seeing it i'm guessing it happens quite a bit right yeah so what i'm curious about because i share like oh that's kind of concerning to me the thing that stands out though is that i'm lacking perspective because in context of all the accidents that happen, like, yeah, it's it's fair for this to get the story. It's fair for this to be covered. My initial reaction or where I question myself is like, okay, but in in context, like how many drivers, how many people have not been hit because the autonomous vehicle was paying attention more so than the human was, right? So it's like, I, that's where... I like John referenced. I'm also. I'm actually really interested to see a lot more manufacturers get into the space. I'm. I'm. I'm happy with that happening. So, yeah, I'm curious about perspective. What's your thoughts about the way that the media framing? They seem to be framing it, and I don't know all the facts. I can only go by what's reported. But they're framing that Tesla has a rather loose or they seem to indicate or framing it that Tesla has a more looser attitude about testing its software in the world with actual yeah. and the consequence. That's how they seem to be framing it, and that's one of their main criticisms. Do you think 
or just don't you know have enough information even to pass a comment? Really? Uh, my first thought is compared to what, right? Like that. That's my. It's like. Are, are, is there? I'm some- thinking of a certain airline manufacturer. Mm. Yeah. That, well, that's another example you're talking about Boeing and the um. Yeah. Well, you have to put it into perspective. There's six million car crashes in the US every year, right? Tesla are being investigated for 16. I was lucky enough to be in Heather Renz's and Matthew Renz's new Tesla in Las Vegas a few months ago. And um, she put autopilot on. And the whole point about autopilot, there are instructions right above you that says, you're in autopilot, pay attention. So is this driver error or is it autopilot error? Because if you rely on autopilot, which you're not meant to, there are full instructions that you do not rely on autopilot. I understand where you're coming so, from. I understand where you're coming from, Andrew, but is, isn't is that it's a little bit of a cop-out from them? No, because- no. It's like, you know, we have, years ago, we had the Haynes manual for your car, right? And it told you how to change the battery. Now it says, don't drink the battery acid. It's humans. We're dumb, right? We don't follow instructions. And that's yeah, I can't. I don't, I'm not totally you. It's not, to, you are told not to rely on autopilot. It's that simple. Yeah, but isn't it? It's a contradiction. If you, you know, that's the whole point of it is you. You do rely on it. Uh, you have written instructions not to rely on autopilot. As a as person in charge of this car, it is your responsibility to make sure that it's it's going in the right direction and or brakes at the right time, even when you have autopilot engaged. Those are the written instructions right above you in your sunshade. You, you are you are assuming that people read but no, yeah, but uh, I mean, um, what i'm saying I is, mean, is that there's already no, a written disclaimer in there do not rely on abs- you are absolutely correct that it, it doesn't absolve the driver of responsibility <clears throat> and you know you are supposed to use things as directed however it may also be true that tesla is not doing enough testing of this feature before uh, letting it out in public. I don't know because no I don't know no, what their procedure is. This car turned left into roadworks, you know, or tried to turn left into roadworks. I mean, I ripped my neck because Heather had to go like, oh, whoops. You know, luckily. Right. Uh, I mean, heck, the the, the first time, uh, the, uh, the, <clears throat> I, I remember as a, as a cruise control, I somehow turned, uh, as a teenager, I somehow turned cruise control on by accident and the car yeah. is just like speeding along. I'm like, Wait, how do I stop this? I mean, it it you know it shuts off if you hit the brake, but I didn't know that. <laughs> and uh, it, it, you know that's a that's a feature in cars that I'm sure people raised a lot of alarm about when it was introduced, and yet that people are are very accustomed to now. I think eventually autonomous vehicles will be better at driving than humans are because they're less prone to distraction. On the other hand, you know. All the computerized stuff that runs them is created by who? Humans. Um, And we make mistakes and we program bias into things without realizing we even have bias. Never mind that we're programming it. So, uh, you know, it is dangerous, but it's, it's, you know, I would say what we want to look at for perspective is the number of autonomous vehicle accidents 
relative to the number of autonomous vehicles on the road and versus, you know, the number of uh, uh, accidents for human drivers versus the number of cars that rely on, entirely on human drivers on the road. And is is there a higher percentage of accidents among the humans than uh, among, uh, uh, you know, the autopilots? Humans yeah. are very accident prone. I've been in a couple of pretty bad car accidents. Uh, so, you know, in terms of being safer than human drivers, that that's not such a high bar. But it's new and different, and it will get more attention uh, when there's a problem. Yeah, so Uncle Spencer, I'm a bit of a backward woodsman. Uh, I drive the car. I don't even put any any autopilot or anything. My car has some advanced technology. I just don't put it on. I It's my car. I want to drive it. I'm driving it. I'm in control. If there's an accident, it's down to me. I like driving. Um, I don't need it telling me how to drive the bloody thing. Uh, um, what was your thoughts about this, Uncle Spencer? A um, couple of things. First of all, I drove up to northern Wisconsin to visit my kids for the parents' weekend at camp. The difference in drivers between Illinois and Wisconsin is that in Wisconsin, they're clearly taught that the left-hand lane is for blocking everybody behind you rather than it being the passing lane. And it's not just one person. It is literally as soon as you cross the border. Ah, the, the left-lane bandit. You, you have two-lane sort of interstate not highways, like four lanes, but it's two lanes. And there's always a line of trucks in the right lane. And then in, in Wisconsin, there will be some person, I was very nice today, who just decides, like, I'm here, I own this lane. Now, the entire five-hour drive, I was just saying to myself, when will Tesla, when will autopilot be the standard for all cars to get rid of these human beings? Tesla's statistic, point two, is that there is a one incident, one crash for every 4.31 million miles, which is exponentially better than any human driving statistics. As a previous trial attorney who did products liability work, and as a pilot, I can tell you that the bias that Jonathan Wald was talking about, and Andrew as well, applies. First of all, it's very clear that they're not supposed to rely on this. And if you looked at it in the real context, you could take the facts and completely make the story ridiculous. Because you could say, as of this morning in Chicago, 500 Fords were involved in crashes that involved human beings. But they're bringing up like, oh, a Tesla killed a motorcycle. And there's like millions and millions and millions of cars driving around safely. So my takeaway from all of this is we're going to crack a lot of eggs to get to the point where the cars are being driven autonomously. I can't wait for that to happen fast enough. And my dream is like the Jetsons, where we all just have a thing that come picks us up at our house and just drives unimpeded to where we want to go because I cannot stand... Yeah, that's called public transportation. Town. I mean, even in my little town of Highland Park, Illinois, I cannot stand how insane the driving is from everybody just like rushing from little stop sign to stop sign. And they're all old human beings, by the way. And, uh, the, this, is not, this conversation is not to say that we're not sympathetic with the person that was killed by the Tesla. Um, no, but it's like a million things could be responsible. And you see these Twitter or TikTok videos. I see them like... The, the, the dudes with the motorcycles or the road rage or whatever, people act so irrationally compared to a computer. There's no evidence that the Tesla 
computer got road rage and decided to take out the motorcycle. But there's a hundred videos on TikTok this morning of people doing that, you know. Yeah, all right. Um, you kind of persuaded me, but there we go. Uh, um, on to wow. Somebody, I mean, the donkey. The weather. Uh, uh, um, uh, the donkey. Uh, uh, um, on to the on to the next story. Uh, so, solving WordPress dashboard spam and contributing to WordPress is from one of our friends of the show and from Master WP. Um, it wasn't the greatest article. It was a bit. It went on a bit of a wander, a bit in in my opinion. But the concept. There is nothing more annoying than the way that the dashboard has ended up, in my opinion. It is, to say it's ended up being a dog's breakfast is oh. an understatement. Um, so, Sally, is it, what did you think of this article and the state of the dashboard? Well, it's, I mean, there is a long discursion into, uh, you know, contributing to WordPress and what it's like trying to add features and a lot of other things. And, but the point is here, uh, 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 we want to, uh, you know, control this really irritating dashboard spam. And instead of just whining about it, I did something. Uh, and, uh, you know, you too can do something if, uh, about things that piss you off. Uh, and if you want to, you may want, uh, you know, uh, you can come in and and help uh, work on the uh, notification uh, thing uh, because uh, I'm sure that Brian Cords is not the only person who hates dashboard spam. Uh, so uh, uh, you know, I think as a narrative of an experience uh, being motivated to contribute and uh, uh, going ahead and working on it, it's good and uh, it's it's a reminder. Uh, it, that the nature of WordPress means that if you have the uh, if you know if you have the skills and something bothers you that isn't working, you can do something about making it better. So, Jonathan, there seem to be three elements to this article: the the title, um, then um, dealing with something that's really important in WordPress that isn't very sexy, though, in yep. some ways. Yep. And then the, the yep. other bit, which was the pain of being part of a, a project in WordPress, you know, that seems to just go on and on and on and on, um, on a wonder that doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Um, was that... was if I summarize the, the three main points of this article? Uh, there are two things that stand out to me. So this is an important topic. I'm, I'm happy to see it being getting, getting coverage. Uh, what stands out is this problem of aligned incentives. Like who is incentivized to solve this? There's a fair amount of plugins out there that don't want to see this solved, right? And sure. so, so apparently look, not. Um, and and so there's this curious thing where it's like when I take a big picture lens, like yeah, if you think about WordPress as an operating system, this is an important piece, like a good notification system, like how this works, giving users more control, more expectations, like that. Going into a dashboard and seeing all this stuff, like that's not good. And 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 we can still respect the people's. If someone wants that, by all means, they can have that. 
Most people, though, don't want that anymore. And so I'm intrigued by this question of like, well, how, who does solve this? That's part of why I think it's taken so long. There's some great effort that's gone into this. I've appreciated the approach and process. What I loved about this piece specifically, though, is shout out to uh, our buddy Vicus. You can click that link to get the demo spun up and see the notification thing exactly where it is live. And I'm like, that's much better to be able to just like uh, be able to see what we're talking about here because that's what a lot of people miss. I booted it up while we were waiting. Like, okay, there's progress here. It's got a ways to go, but there's progress. You can kind of see what they're doing. So I liked it. It was a nice piece. (laughs) This has been discussed so many times. Um, There are, and I'm going to name and shame, awesome motive, all all in one SEO. I stopped using it because you get a notification on literally every page you open, right? And awesome motive are... This it's not just about spamming the dashboard, it's about spamming the WP.org. I mean, I we you know they've just literally Andrew. It would it be fair to say you question whether their motive is all that awesome? Well, it's a bit ultra ulterior motive, isn't it? But it's um point the point I'm trying to make is 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 they're not the only ones, but they're the biggest name. They're a multi-million dollar company who currently have a a thing called headers and footers. They renamed it to Headers and Footers WP Code Code Snippets. When you install it on the dashboard, menu dashboard, it's called Code Snippets. Now, Code Snippets has existed for for decades, right? Seven hundred thousand users. The the word, the phrase Code Snippets on the WP Code Headers and Footers page, fifty three references to Code Snippets, right? That's called spam. I don't care what anybody says. That is spamming.org. Not only are they guilty of spamming the dashboard, they're guilty of spamming.org. They've, re- they've basically renamed that plugin, which had a million downloads, to a new name. So they're getting kudos for the million downloads. It's a different plugin, totally different plugin. And they are now on every single page of their plugins. They've got 18 commercial plugins on .org, they're advertising all their commercial plugins as well. So one of the things is that Matt Mullenweg literally has to make a call to people like Syed Balpi, the owner of Awesome Motif, has to make a call to the big plugin guys out there that are making fortunes out of uh, plugins and abusing the WP.org um, system and say, just stop it, right? Because this is meant to be a contributor-only repository, right? We're all contributors. We're asking for plugin developers to give away stuff for free. You are abusing the system. Just stop it. And if you don't stop it, I will stop you. And that's it. If we want Matt, Mull- if we're saying Matt Mullenberg's the boss, which we are, the, the dictator with velvet clubs or whatever, whatever it's called. Let, the benevolent. Him, the, I think the term he used, like, the benevolent, benevolent, benevolent dictator, dictator for life. Let him take control, or just just effort. You know, she's she's director of WordPress. So somebody in charge of WordPress needs to get hold of these spammers and these commercial abusers of the WordPress.org system. Well, I've come to the conclusion with Syed. I've come to the conclusion with Syed that he think he's I'm I'm going to hell. So I might as well just get there not, quick. That, I might point. as well just throw everything, do everything possible, and just go the there I'm, as quick the as possible. Point I'm trying to make is that care. if you, if you, uh, if you, because of your 
you know, with with to quote whoever said it, with great power comes great responsibility. If you are using the WordPress system to make money, just like Matt said about GoDaddy, an you know, an existential threat, whatever. Anybody that is abusing the WordPress.org system, and that includes the dashboard and.org itself, needs to wake up to the fact that they are abusing thousands of people, the contributors, the people that make their money, the developers that they want to buy their products. Be nice, be kind, stop being an ass. So, um, Uncle Spencer, I've got to be truthful. I try and avoid utilising automotive products, plugins, partially for what Andrew's just stated. But they do seem, is it me or do they, they seem to have decided that we're just going to go for it and we, if we peeve off as many people with the WordPress community doesn't matter because they're just a tiny little group. The bigger, you know, it's just the bank, the, you know, how much we bank that really matters. So just just seems a, and they are commercial enterprise. So there's nothing wrong being commercial, but don't abuse the people that are your customers because Plugin developers. I'm a plugin developer and a product maker. What's your name, Spencer, Angel? I, sorry, I just need to put this in. <laughs> I'm a plugin developer and a, and a product maker, and I use autom- auto- I use their, their products. I use Affiliate WP, and I use EDD. You know, I've got no choice because they bought them, right? And for me to – there's legacy debt there. If I want to change from something to EDD, it's going to cost me loads of time and loads of money. So I'm asking them as a, as a corporate entity, stop being an ass. It's that simple. Yes, it's amazing, Spencer, how you could do that English accent. Yeah, you can carry on. She's only 14 years old. All right. <laughs> I, I have so much to unpack here, and I'm going to try to be brief, but I do, I'm completely in Andrew's camp on this, but I want to unpack it farther. First of all, the quote that defines this article, which is the truth, is the saying where this problem of like everything coming down to one person's decision, which is completely demotivating, it said, It's like little kids trying to show their art project to a distant father who left his family to live with a hip social media company. We start with the problem that we've talked about every week. Sorry, I'm going officially on record now. Matt Mullenweg has to step down from .org. He does. He needs to run .com and automatic and their business stuff and do whatever he wants with whomever he wants. He needs to leave being in charge of .org. Why? Because it's clearly the gauntlet has been laid down already. It's clear that it is us versus them. I've been talking about it for a long time. I'm in motion to do something about it. But the we or the us versus them is Matt and his cronies versus everybody else who makes their livelihood. And it's just so clear how Syed is one of the leading violators of the do as I say, not as I do rule. It's bad enough when Automatic does it through Jetpack or WordPress or WooCommerce or one of the others. But when certain companies that are pally pallies with Matt get special treatment, and that includes Bluehost, which is ridiculous considering what's going on with that and so on and forth. The rest of us, have, I don't want to use a metaphor, I am Ukrainian, but like when a big country like Russia 
picks on a little country, it doesn't always work out like the big country thought. And in a Robin Hood scenario, like we've got a situation where we all started out like one for all, all for one. And they're basically sticking their thumb in everyone else's eye who's contributing, building the ecosystem, making the product. And the result is going to be a bifurcation. And the gauntlet I'm suggesting is Syed calling him out personally here. It's not just what Andrew said. It's worse. The black hat SEO stuff that's going on with preconceived keyword stuffing, with creating zombie sites to get traffic, to pump stuff in and change names is such an egregious violation of every common sense and fair play that the fact that the rest of the people don't do an article just on him, which the facts are in. I mean, this isn't the first time. Shame on you, Syed. Shame on you. Because you are not building your company on fair play. You're building it on the backs of taking advantage of what other people are not allowed to do. For example, remember a year ago when that poor, innocent malintentioned person decided to take that one plugin that was the avatar plugin and like turn it into the magical whatever. Well, guess what? Syed's been doing that on every product. And this WP code shenanigan is exponentially that thing that guy did, but now he's shoving it at everybody's face. And when you see the WP code, which is now renamed and it gets away with saying 1 million downloads and it says code snippet, code snippet, code snippet, code snippet all over. Get out of here because you know what I'm going to do about it? What I'm going to do is I'm going to take a big mirror and everywhere I go, I'm going to tell people that's not fair. That's not what we do. And this is what these companies are doing. And here's my alternative to it. And I think everybody else who's still on that side of the table is going to feel the same way. And I don't know how that helps the end result of WordPress.org, Matt, Josepha, or anything when they've created this, like, we're in a rowboat. And there's a hole and we're over here eating caviar and we've got a helicopter coming from us. And the rest of you guys, you know, good luck, you know, hope you can survive. That's what it feels like. And it's completely bad for the economy. It's bad for everybody, especially the new excited freelancers and customers who would love to come into WordPress as a solution, would love to come in and go like, here's honestly everything you need instead of oh, I got to get sucked into that person's company, that person's vertical, and so forth. So this is just another example, almost like politics, of how you can get away with things for only so long, and then it will bite you in the ass, and people bring out the gallows, revolution happens, and then the chips fall. I'm, I'm going to add, I'm, I'm, can I add two things to that yes, really sir. quick? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was uh, going to ask you a question anyway, John. Oh, Carl Hancock from Gravity Forums has called that out before, not by name, but basically he was very much referencing um, WP Forms. He said that there's like a countdown timer that says, oh, this deal's only good for like, you know, three days or, or three hours or whatever, but it just resets. Um, he, if you follow him, he'll, he, he calls out some of those practices as well, but something that you touched on Spencer, I think there's, there's other people and not just, you know, Syed, but there's other people who do egregious stuff in this community and very few people that have, uh, a microphone or a, you know, a blog platform or, or anything. It's almost like people are afraid to like call them out or name names. And I feel that it's because 100%. they're afraid 
um, of not getting access or afraid of like, uh, or. I don't want to interrupt John, but just to yeah. add one thing. No, it's factually punitive. There is backdoor punitive response that. Oh I can, yeah. I can tell you, even as of today, somebody crosses one of Matt's buddies or one of Matt's partners or whatever. And they not only get delisted, but then they go out and call third-party companies and other people to get, to get that person crushed. Crushed. Yep. And the only people who aren't afraid of it are big mouths like me and Andrew Palmer and other people who are just – We're immune to the prosecution. Carry, carry on. Come and get me, baby. You know, well, like, in really other words, like, there are people who make their livelihood who are afraid to say anything because the king will basically cut off their head. Yeah. Nice business can, can, Shame can, if something can, happened to it. Yeah, well, yeah. but the, the point is, is that I'm not scared of anybody. I don't give a shit. And they and the and these guys, and it's not just Syed. You know, it's not just Syed. There are other players in it, like you say, the mates that they, they get. They get basically mates rates. But you know, not so long ago, Syed bought Plugin Rank. Man, he's he using that. He's using that to game the system, the game the system of uh, when you put in all-in-one migration, the first plugin to appear is all-in-one SEO. Yes, the first plugin. So he and by the way, Andrew, and don't forget SEO. to add that they all phone home. They all do phone home. I get all it. of his plugins phone home, like WP Forms and so forth. They all phone home. They all connect to a central thing, and so yeah, I'm going to be the advocate here because. But the truth is, you, you, I've just said that I avoid utilizing his plugins, basically. But you can't I, avoid something you got, you, pre Well, the problem is, you, you started using the plugin when it was owned by something else, and then it gets bought and stuff changes. Yeah. So you didn't deliberately set out mm -hmm. to use a plugin that had all these problems. Well, I've got to be truthful. When I have clients, they listen to us, we encourage them not to utilise because of all the factors that the panel's outlined because I I wish him well, but I don't I, I don't think that he's doing anything um, immoral or anything. I, what he is doing is annoying, um, but he's getting enormous commercial benefit from it because he's not a fool. He's a sharp but it gets it gets down to the rules of the road, Jonathan. It gets down. We can't have a society where you're in a city and everybody just ignores every traffic stoplight and every stop sign because then people are running over children and there's chaos ensues. We can't fix this community, the dot org community, if Matt is pretending that it's all rules of the road. Here's the constitution. We all. He can't do that when certain people get special favors because we see that in our society right now and chaos will ensue ultimately because people will only be fooled for so long. You can do anything you want at .com, anything you want in the open commercial space, but don't come in here pretending like it's all peace and love, peace and love, and then your pals are abusing the system in plain view. And for those people that are afraid of it, there needs to be Robin Hoods. There needs to be people who are able to come out and hold a mirror up to this because otherwise it's just getting worse. Instead of better. Immoral, is it? I just have to say, is it not immoral? Headers and footers, WP code, dash code snippets. When you install it, it calls itself code snippets. Is I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't use the term immoral. I would use the term annoying. Misleading. Misleading. Uh, lying. I, would, I, I would say it's 
I would say it's an unethical, it's an unethical black hat technique. Oh, yeah. I agree. Okay. It's unethical because if you go and you, I don't know, like lie to a bank or lie to an innocent I want to finish this and go for the break, but I just want to say I'm no lover, Syed. Um, I don't hate him. I'm no lover. I don't think he's involved in black hat. It's gray hat. And no, no, you're wrong because the stuff that happens on the back end, it's not been revealed. But if somebody who is on good authority and shown us some things, if it was known to the public what they do, it's as black hat as black hat gets. And you can ask John Locke about these things. But like, this is the kind of stuff that when when I put a plugin in the repository, the person was charming and wonderful and a volunteer. And they're like, oh, you know, gee, if the name you've chosen is ever used by someone else, we're going to have to take you down immediately. I'm like, well, as an attorney, I don't think that's how it works, but okay, sure. But the premise is that like, they're supposed to be preserving and protecting the ethical nature of the repository, especially for conflicts of black hat nature things. His company is running off of black hat right now. Like these things, like the WB code. Oh, yeah, are but you use, you, yeah, but you use the term black hat like it's a, a criminal offense. You know, it's down to no. In a business sense, it's an unethical abuse of a system that is supposed to be with rules of the road. I could get away with driving two hundred miles an hour down a street in Chicago if if I just knew I could get away with it. Is that good or bad? It's bad because one day there's going to be a lady no, with a stroller. I don't take you know? your example that strongly because that's a criminal act. Okay, well, then you know what I do? Then I say, hey, why does Syed get to do that? I got a new technique that I, I can do that will it's game the this story. Listeners, it's amazing where this and conversation then everybody is gaming. No, because it's bullshit because then everybody is gaming the system. And that's just, why the way I'm it was just observing. I would never fall in public. I'll get a in position to have to defend sides, but there we go. You, you I mean, I just think your position is, is like you're shagging the donkey here because you're basically just doing this to be provocative because I don't believe you think let's say I came up with some way that I could take the name WP Tonic and I can do something that costs me five cents that takes all of your SEO traffic, all of your organic traffic from Google. Oh, you he's would, already doing that. You would, be, you would be up in arms. And that's essentially what's happening with code snippets and otherwise. If you do something like they're doing, you're basically cheating somebody else in the community of clearly the recognition of that name. And that, that's just wrong. It's not good. It's not good. Citizenship. Especially when you, especially when you emailed that uh, plugin developer, uh, with a with a an opportunity to have a chat about acquiring them, and then when you right. release when you release WP Code, you release it as a free plugin with all the pro things of the, of the plugin I, that you've renamed. Right. I just came up with a plugin called WooCommerce Launch Flows. It's awesome. I'm I'm sure it will, I'm sure that nobody from Automatic will mind me using WooCommerce in the name. Well, actually, I've had I've just been told yes. Well, if you're Automatic, you can afford to file the trademark. Yeah, I've just been told I think it's time to go for a break, folks. We will be back in a few moments. Um, see you soon. Build next generation WordPress forms with WS Form, the only fully responsive, no code form plugin. 
Choose from over 60 feature-rich field types, conditional logic, repeaters, calculations, and more than 65 integrations to build intuitive, accessible forms. Upgrade your form plugin today at wsform.com. Use coupon code WPTONIC for 20% off any WS Form edition. Hey, it's Spence from LaunchFlows.com. If you've been looking for a fast and easy way to create powerful sales funnels on WordPress, then look no further than LaunchFlows. In just minutes, you can easily create instant registration, upsells, downsells, order bumps, one-click checkouts, one-time offers, custom thank you pages, and best of all, no coding is required. For as little as $50 per year, you can own and control your entire sales funnel machine with LaunchFlows. Get your copy today. Hey Tribe, are you trying to scale your agency but struggling to find time to work on your business because you're always stuck working in your business? Head over to focuswp.co where you can subscribe to an instant team of white label geeks and creatives to delegate to. Use code WPTONIC for a special discount just for the tribe. With Focus WP, you don't have to worry about hiring, firing, or any other HR nightmares. Just submit a ticket and your new team will dive in. Focus on what you love, outsource the rest. Are we coming back? I don't know what's in this final. It was a rough, just it was, the dogs launch it, was, it, it was a rough start and it's got rougher. Uh, um, I just want to point out, um, Tribe, that I do a fantastic newsletter about the stories that we discuss. Plus, I do a editorial that has made me notorious in the WordPress community to get this fantastic piece of literature. <laughs> um, all you have to do is go and sign up at WPTonic slash newsletter and you can sign up there and it'll be in your inbox on Sunday or Monday. What more could you ask for, Tribe? Uh, by um, the way, there's no, there's no commenters here like Greg because you didn't post this thing in Facebook or YouTube, apparently. And no. Thank you, thank, you, as well. thank, you, thank you for pointing that out 15 times during the show. Thank you so much. It's the first time, but I just want to let you know because I couldn't even share it. So we don't have Greg Hyatt on here. Yeah, so I'm channeling Greg Hyatt right now. Yeah, there we go. Uh, um, there we go, folks. So let's, let's go on to story. Oh, God. Uh, Resolving conflict between designers and engineers. So, Jonathan, um, the reason why I chose this article, Jonathan, is that I think it has a strong linkage to some of the problems with WordPress because I think, especially with the Gutenberg project, um, I think some of the key adopters confusion, slowness, it's not the core technology. It's been UX design mistakes or not having people in charge that have a strong UX experience. Do you think I'm on to something there, Jonathan? Yeah. My, um, so my brother, Joshua, uh, he's a design background, does a bunch of stuff. And one of the things I learned, because we do these heavy engineering projects, we go into teams. And the thing that he got really good at is it was just bridging the gap between like product and engineering. And so often, just the simple act of like listening to a requirement and sketching it out with engineering in the room 
it would say like, oh, people are getting it. And I, I just see all this time that would be wasted otherwise. So it comes down to communication and being able to just bridge the gap between when you've got a team of people working on things. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I didn't think much about this before, but when I started to see like what he'd do, and now I've been watching as others do the same, just being able to say, okay, you're describing something. Let's communicate this in a way that we can all understand, like a quick sketch. Right, do you mean this? And they're like, no, no, I don't mean that. Okay, good. Good thing we didn't go and build out that UX <laughs> because that's not what you meant. Do you mean this? Yeah, that's the one. Okay, now we build that. And I've just seen how much efficiency having common language and having tools and experience around how to do that um, brings about. And I there's a lot of opportunity for more of that in the way that we do things in WordPress. Oh, I like I love love the topic. Yeah, but to get back to the Goom, you know, we're almost into the fourth year of Gutenberg. It does seem to be getting to a stage um of more uh, it's difficult to for me to find the right word to be at a stage where you could really consider it compared to some of the leading page builders. But I think in pure UX usability and UX design, do you feel that if they had got more experience and spent more time on it, because I, I, I observe a lot of the criticism people say about Gutenberg and the interface is around UX use, use, usability and fundamental function, functionality. Do you think some of that criticism is true? It's a difficult one yeah. to judge, really, isn't it? I, so my sense, so I, I have a high love for both the people who've worked on it and, and the current state. So when I, when I, my sense of Gutenberg, though, the overall experience, is that you have this design-by-committee vibe to at mm. least some aspects of it. Yeah. Uh, and, and this challenge, again, of aligned incentives, where some of the features that I've seen come in, I, I'm grateful. I'm, it's great, right? Like this new, all the work that's gone into this gradient tool, it's great that someone loved that and put the effort and the care into that. When I take a step back, it's like, wait, what did we in WordPress need, though? And I don't fault the current setup for it because it's, it's very much, it's, it's like, okay, well, what is someone interested in doing? But it leads to, I think, a lot of inefficiency. And yeah, I don't know. I don't have a clear, like, what's the alternative? It makes me, I just think about, like, what, yeah, there's an incentive problem, I feel like, that leads to. Well, and as, as the article points out, it's, some of it is an issue of communication. And it's like you said about the, oh, did you mean this? Did you mean this? It, it's very similar to the issue we may have communicating with clients who will use, especially the very non-technical ones, right? Who will use a term for something where you have no idea what uh, what they might mean by it. Uh, uh, or at least, you know, what you think it means is, is completely different from what they think it means. And that the skill of being able to coordinate and communicate at, and get everybody on the same page is undervalued. Uh, and of course, we all know that that with uh, you know WordPress as a whole, uh, there isn't you know a, a, as clear a whole picture. And yeah, I mean, a lot of the UX issues and the accessibility issues and so on would have been uh, probably addressed sooner, at, uh, uh, at, uh, so that we didn't have to like be trying to fix them afterwards, if there'd been more of that 
in on the ground floor. Uh, but it, WordPress development seems to suffer from a, a problem that I tend to have myself. Oh, let me just jump into this rather than spending more time planning it. Uh, so, yeah, so, so Andrew, um, I don't really want to, you know, knock, come across as knocking Gutenberg too hard because I do actually think it's getting somewhere. Um but it still, it does, you know, to really make it a usable tool, it, it does seem to be strongly relying on third-party add-ons, which isn't a problem fundamentally. But on the other hand, I just felt there wasn't enough discussion initially and there wasn't people brought in. Um, and maybe that was a consequence because of this storyline that is volunteers and blah, 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 which has an element of truth to it, but also the reality is that there's a hardcore of automatic people and other people that are being paid as well. Um, do, you think that, do you think there's any truth to this, Andrew, or, or am, I, am I not really, or is not on say truth, but do you think I'm just going off track a bit, or is there some... Well, there's some truth in it, but I mean, at the end of the day, we have to read in between. You know, whenever you're you're listening to Matt Mullenweg, you have to read in between the lines. Mm. Uh, he's a politician, you know, so he's also a com- very commercially minded man. Don't well, he is, and when he's talking about GoDaddy, he, is he? Don't don't forget, he started Automatic when he was 19 years old. So you know, literally a year after he got involved with Mike Little building WordPress because Mike Little invited him in to, to, to build it. Matt's seen the potential of it, started up automatic. So he's fully commercial, and that also is reflected on the fact that he's now running Tumblr. Gutenberg isn't about WordPress. He's already admitted that. If you listen to any podcast he's on, Gutenberg is about being the platform for Tumblr, for being the platform for Squarespace, you know, whatever you can use, you'd be able to use Gutenberg in any web app or website out there. Doesn't matter. So that is the that is the end goal. Be nice if we could use it properly in WordPress first. When you, yeah, but the point is, is that we're the guinea pigs. So you've got hundreds of thousands of people telling him what's wrong, which is great. It's a Microsoft thing. Microsoft used to, you know, three point one. Windows 3.1, boom, crashed everybody's computer. Oh, what 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 happened? What's the error message? Boom. Next time there's a hot fix out. And that's what's happening with Gutenberg. It's a commercial enterprise and it's run by one person and it's Matt. And Matt's got the design skills of me and I haven't got any. So, you know, and he, and, and also he knows what he what what he likes and what what he looks at and stuff, but he's a coder, he's a programmer. You've got one guy that's in charge of Gutenberg. He's a coder. He's not a UX expert. But what they should have done is, like, what we have to do is get a UX person involved, get a designer involved, a designer that's not UX, then get the get then get the UX, get the programmers, get the coders, get the project management team together. That didn't seem to happen with Gutenberg, and it all seemed to happen from from a very unfleshed out idea that Matt had. Um, at St. Louis or Boston or wherever it was when he said everybody's got to learn JavaScript because he knew where he was going with it. 
he knew exactly where he was going with it. It's, it Gutenberg's going to be a React app. It's going to be everything. It will run mobile phones. It will run a load of stuff. That's the end goal. We're the guinea pigs. So stop complaining because it ain't going to be fixed. So what, what's, you, what's your comment on this, John? Yeah, I've, you know, early in my career, I, I worked with a, a lot of the design agencies and I was like a developer that was trying to, you know, communicate what could and couldn't be done, like what's complicated, what's not. Um, the Gutenberg, the WordPress project, these are like more complex uh, things than that. So it's going to take, you know, some time, some communication, um, to develop these ideas in a way that millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people can use all at once without breaking stuff. Um, I think they're, I mean, they're doing a good job. I mean, as far as that, while maintaining backwards compatibility, mm -hmm. but in any type of software development whatsoever, that that's the real thing because designers, people who are like primarily designers, they think one way, and developers, people who primarily develop, they think an entirely different way. And that communication is sometimes uh, difficult to, to link together. Never the same. They, yep, exactly. But yeah, it is it is linked to the way that they, the, the two um, roles think, tend to think. So, Ratio, I'm... I want to go on story five and then wrap it and then we go to fire recommendations because this is turning. Well, I, I lost track at the beginning. I don't even know when we when we started, actually. Uh, um, but we've got to discuss five. Uh, Review Signal publishes 222 WordPress WooCommerce hosting performance benchmarks. This is another tavern story. You can tell by the title. So, Jonathan... People love to talk about hosting. You, the two things that get WordPress people commenting is hosting and page builders. Uh, um, the problem is, I, I think these reviews are just nonsense. They, they, you know, they, I'm not making any comment on this specific one, but there's so many variables. How, what plugins you've got installed? What theme you got installed? Um, well, that's why people do this kind of testing, right? They say, here, we're testing the same suite of stuff on the different hosts. I, at least with ReviewSignal, you're very clear on their methodology, uh, it, which is unlike uh, some things. You may agree with them or not agree, and you may have similar or different experiences if the kinds of stuff you usually run is not that similar to what they tested with. Uh, so it is always a your mileage will vary uh, situation. Yeah, I see that. But Jonathan, like some of the people, I'm not going to name names, but some of the people they were recommending or I wouldn't say recommended it is not the right word. Um, I, I personally wouldn't touch with a barge pole. Uh, but, you know, so Jonathan, what got any insights about this particular piece? In that? Yeah, so first let me call it my bias. Uh, I love Kevin. He's a personal friend. And I'm a big fan of the work that he does with this in general. What I find interesting about this is to the point that Sally began to make there, it's it's benchmarks. 
So it's not just like who's the fastest. And one of the things that like the, the article calls out that I appreciated is it's focused on the defaults. And if a company wants to do well, and many of them do, their default configuration is like, that's what's used. And so what's happened inadvertently, or perhaps like, like by having that opt-in be the default, the article suggests, and I agree, that there, it's had an overall positive influence for those who have participated to say, you know what, we need to make our default more performant. Because that's what the data is showing. Because what it takes is a benchmark. It's a very vanilla site. And it's this question of like, how does that perform? You can't do a bunch of spicy things. You can't turn on this. You can't turn on that. So I think it's provided a lot of value. I'd love to see review signal grow a lot more. And a lot more folks participating because I it's, it's curious about those who choose not to because he doesn't force anyone to participate. And for overall, it's like things like this I feel like offer some check and balance, and it's it's been great to see. I've been great. I've been happy to see coverage happen. I know a lot of work goes behind the scenes into yeah, put it this way: it's not a money maker for Kevin. He just is really passionate about this stuff, and I've greatly appreciated someone doing that in the space. Oh yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I see exactly where you're coming from, Jonathan. It is a, a serious piece. I, I didn't want to come across that in any shape or form. I was criticising because in the, in that context, because it also it's extremely popular with people these type of reviews, and you know he's a very honest individual, and of those reviews. He's one of the ones that I would even spend a few minutes looking at because most of them are affiliate-driven, um, and in, he isn't. So, um, so Andrew, what any thoughts about this? Why I like Review Signal, it calls out hosts, and the hosts that don't take part in Review Signal are too damn scared to have their name sullied through the mud. Um, you know, he does a great job. I, I, I do read it every time it's out. I think it's great. It's quite detailed. Um, I don't like the comments on WP Tavin, Tavern or, or whatever, because, you know, some guys using grid pain, which is great. I use grid pain, but he's reselling their services. So there's a few negative comments on there. Um, but yeah, I mean, WordPress site hosting has got better and faster. People because of the likes of WP Engine and Flywheel and Cloudways and RunCloud and GridPane, you know, they know how to configure WordPress, right, to make it run better. What they don't know is that a photographer might use WordPress, like was in a Facebook group today, and uploaded a gigabyte of photographs, and there was only about 100 of them, you know, because he, he uploaded them literally in RAW. So you can't really, again, it's people. Uh, if you you know read the instructions, you will know how to make WordPress faster. And I there, there, there is no computer so fast that Norton Antivirus can't make it exactly. run like so sludge. I dream, I dream of the day that the two ninety five a month, or the five dollar a month, or even the ten dollar a month hosting is gone because it's bullshit, and you, and that is what the problem is is with WordPress. It's the hosts you know, aiming for the bottom of the barrel, the lowest common denominator, somebody that can only, oh, it's only going to cost me $3 a month to host my WooCommerce website with 10,000 products. Why is it running slow? Yeah, but yeah. Andrew, we've got a man here um, that thinks all hosting is, you know, should, it's just a worthless, and, you know, it's, it should be $1. We've got the famous 
Uncle Spencer that thinks it's just a you know well, should be given away. You know, it's uh, I want to I want to use. I'll take ownership of that. So let's talk about Costco. Costco famously uh, last week raised their chicken wrap thing, whatever it was. The, the you know whatever it went from three ninety nine or two ninety nine to three ninety nine, but the hot dog, the the cornerstone of their value proposition stayed the dollar fifty with yeah. the drink. The one dollar pizza, famous in New York City, still exists. And almost every one of those companies that has dollar pizza refuses, even though it's just they're losing more and more, to give it up. I'm sorry. And I, by the way, I love Kevin's work and I love this review. And he's, again, associate of Jonathan Ice from Indirect Work. But the point is, I love what he's doing because he's shining light on the fact that there is a need to bring people in at the bottom of the barrel. Because what happens is the hosting, even, quite frankly, even WP Engine's top tier. I mean, Perhaps we should suggest the bottom of the ladder versus the barrel. Yeah, whatever. I mean, it's, it's, it, visually, it works either way. The point is, somebody's attracted to the $1 pizza. They end up buying, oh, give me a beef sandwich. Give me some I, coffee, I'm give not me saying sandwich. that at all. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that the starting price should be 10 bucks. Right, but I'm I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing. Saying, with I know you. I know about lost leaders. I like you know. I'm I'm agreeing with your old. proposition, though, Andrew. But what I'm trying to say is the messaging change, which will maybe satisfy your uh, perception of this as well. The messaging has to change. Okay, we're, there was that point I've used this reference before in text messaging, and it was very famous where the cell phone companies could get away with charging you twenty five cents for every text. They did it as long as they were allowed to get away with it. <clears throat> awesome web. And then what happened was people realized, like, you're full of shit. There's no way this is 25 cents. And the competition drove that away. So now they just do plan pricing. Similarly, Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, Paramount. They can can, you can we talk about uh, download caps from your ISP? Well, I talk about Comcast all the day. By the way, referencing that, I took up – this is a great – Comparative. I have Comcast. I paid for the pro system at 500 a month. It failed all over. I moved to the consumer for 99 a month. It worked almost all the time because it in the consumer gave you one out of six channels, but allowed you to use the one that was open. The pro didn't, but I was having problems last week and Verizon offered me $25 for a box to be my backup 25 a month because I already had Verizon. I bought it and I keep it because they understood, just like I was going to say, Netflix, Hulu, and everything else. Instead of charging me for every movie I rent from Blockbuster or Redbox, it's $12 a month and just keep it on all the time. So hosting, here's my conclusion, is going to be this thing that we're talking about. They just need to change it from you're getting the hosting for free. And what we're offering you is the following service software and support. If they would just change the message to align with the fact that we're not really selling hosting, I would be happy because I'm going to pick up. Well, funny enough, uh, funny enough, I know a company that's doing that. It, it I'll be linked like, to the actual host of this podcast. Uh, um, some companies are progressive and, you know, Tom at Convicio is progressive. But like WP Engine annoys me because they're so smart, but they still do things like, oh, we're going to charge you for 10,000 page visits. And oh, yeah. we're going to do And it's like, you're just lying. 
You're yeah. just not being honest well, about it's what no, I, I disagree with you there. How? I think, well, because... It costs them nothing for the number of page visits. If you give me a second to... Depends what's happening it, on the pages, because yeah. there can be some bandwidth no, issues. Uh, well, if you give me a second to enlighten you, Uncle, Uncle Spencer, it, I, I think they choose that messaging um, even though they know there's fundamental problems with that messaging, but they do it for historical reasons and for um, they feel it, it's a way of explaining their offering um, is their business model in a way that's understandable to their user base. So there's a kind of signaling out and a signaling back, um, you know. So if they tried a more honest, because in some ways they're there to make money and maximize their profit. I, I can argue that based on an actual example, which is common. I have clients that do like, uh, they have automobiles as their main business. They, they sell automobiles. WP Engine is their host and WP Engine will send them out these notices that say, oh, the, the amount of your storage has increased by like one gigabyte or something. And therefore we have to take you up to the next tier plan, which is like another $300. And it's a lie because they're using things like the REST API for storage, which is to say, it's one gigantic storage container for everybody and people's data gets pulled out just because of a unique attribute. And so it's an artificial metric. No, I, t- I, totally d- I totally disagree with you there you're, because obviously, well, you're obviously wrong, you're can- wrong technically because there's not a physical container for each client. Yeah, and but so, the, but it doesn't, but that, that is slightly missed. But or, there are still, Actual resources there's involved in the there's resources. resources. No, 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 there's no, no. Okay. How, how companies. many VMs can you run on your desktop machine? Hold on. Simultaneously. Hold on. Sally, cable company. Comcast has got a cable connected to my house. No, okay. just that, that, what just, you, 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 you have utilized that example. It's Num- not numerous. True. Numinous times. It's not and it's true. Not what you're the saying. right example when it comes to hosting has costs. Virtual no, it hosting is not has true. Costs. But you can you can hair the dog and shag your donkey, but it doesn't make it true. The truth is, the cable is connected to my house, and the electrons will flow no matter what. If if I took every electron to my house and used it, it doesn't change their cost. Similarly. With almost every major host in a VPS cloud scenario, their storage is not individual hard drives for each customer. There is not a finite resource. Well, obviously, you're correct. You're correct on that. But the the costs have gone down, but the the cost base is still there. So, Jonathan, the man of reason. Whether it's all shared or not, at some point you have to add more servers, more hard drives, more this, more that. Be honest about what you're charging for, which is service. Or a feature, but don't well, keep don't giving these metrics that aren't true. I don't agree where you're from. Power bill at your data center. Say, so Jonathan. Say, so Jonathan. You got the last word. Actual data you don't agree with. I got you. Got the last word in this, Jonathan. Oof. You know, is is Uncle Spencer totally correct, or is there some truth in what I say? And before you answer, Jonathan. Be careful because your chances of coming back on this show might be. Jonathan, I am full faith. 
Jonathan, I have full faith. Do that John not Locke, let him win. John Locke yeah. is the most honest person on this panel. Maybe Jonathan Wald is too. But the point is, as a permanent member, John Locke is the most honest. And all I'm going to say is, I fully trust that he's going to do the right thing. All right, let's go for John then. He's John. He's, 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 you know, he's on Spencer Tony correct. You I'm know, just saying, been... it'd be a shame if he gave the wrong answer. That's all I'm saying. Uh, yeah, I, I, I spaced out for like half of that. But um, what, what you're that was asking. very honest. That was yeah. very honest, yes. Yeah. But uh, when it comes to hosting, like a lot of them, okay, so a lot of the hosts in the WordPress space, they either have their own data centers like SiteGround or they uh, resell whoever's selling them cheap uh, hosting. Somebody's got their, I'm in somebody's mic. I'm not sure. Okay. But um, for a long time, it was Linode. And now there a lot of them like uh, Kinsta and WP Engine, they're reselling Google Cloud. So the costs are whatever Google Cloud is. Now, whatever secret special sauce that they put on top as uh, far as their own proprietary stuff that comes with each one, that and their support team or whoever their system admins are in the back end, that's the added cost. Um, if you really want to get a good sense of what hosts are spending money on customer support and technical support and system admins, go to their Glassdoor pages and you'll get a really clear sense of who's cutting costs behind the scenes and who's actually spending money on um, the infrastructure and human support. But the human support is really what a lot of the cost comes from if they don't own their own data centers and they're just using somebody else's data cloud. So, and, and, and by the way, thank you, Jonathan, because that actually confirms what I'm saying is. They don't have more costs because they're 10,001 page hits. They don't have more costs because you have one gigabyte and one kilobyte. They have more costs because you call in and ask for personal support. And what I'm saying is they need to change their they need to change their marketing to say the hosting is free and you're paying for different levels of support. It's and if you don't free. like it, then let's they talk about to... this in one year when you find out, just like all the other cable companies have changed their marketing and everything else, the consumers will drive that change because I'm people smell you. bullshit. I'm... I'm gonna That's why you, you don't pay 25 cents for a text message anymore. <laughs> well, and you're just wrong. On I, think, I think we should move on from that because yeah, so I think we should, angry I think me. But I think, I think we should, I should think we should give at least three or five minutes out of respect to the thousand people that got made redundant by Shopify and discuss the opportunities now for the WordPress community, product makers, companies, hosts, SEO businesses, because from what I've seen, 30% at least of those 1,000 people were working on marketing and SEO for Shopify. So I think it presents a really great opportunity for WordPress. Yeah, thanks, thanks for we've, got a, we've got a dearth of, of programs. We, 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 we're running out of programmers. People don't want to work in, in coding. You know, LMS, um, Lifter LMS, have been searching for a, a WordPress guy for, for months. Great salary as well. Ph phenomenal salary. You know, so let's talk about that. Yes, well, you have, didn't you? So, right, um, yeah, I think. But, I think why, why, why do you think that is? 
Andrew, so what, why why do you think that is that that um, you can't find programmers uh, in this market right now? Well, it's the great reset, isn't it? People have people got made redundant on the on the basis of the pandemic. In my view, this is not an expert view by anything, but my experience of you know running restaurants and having staff issues on that. My experience of being a product maker and not being able to find uber qualified people that won't work for less than seven figures you know it's it's tough um pro, programs have put their have, have realized their own self-worth you can't get a good a good not even a great react programmer in the u.s for less than 150 grand well yeah. i think you've just so jonathan just to finish off i think angie's made a good point but wasn't isn't that because this was discussed at, um i had a few discussions or a few people brought this up at um, WordCamp Europe, you know, you did a presentation, a great presentation there. Um, great event, wasn't it? I enjoyed Porto. Um, but people said, you know, there's been a cavern. You know, you've got the JavaScript React crowd, but a, traditionally WordPress, and it still is, is dominated by PHP. Um, and the two twains will never mix, maybe. Um, <laughs> Kind of, but it's kind of two worlds, isn't it, in some ways? Do you think that's one of the reasons why it's hard to find a WordPress? Because they're really looking for React, aren't they? Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Like, one of the things that stands out to me about this, there's a lot we could say about Shopify and what's going on and the meta of it, which I think is interesting. But just on this comment of the, the folks, I, of the, the people that are now looking, like talented people looking for opportunities that weren't expecting this, one of the big, like WordPress is big. There's a lot to this ecosystem. And I see so much value in bringing, like one of the things I've loved about the move towards React and JavaScript is that it's it offers a bridge potential for folks. It requires a lot of work. And I, I love some of the folks in this space that they're doing that. It's like, hey, how do we bridge the gap? How do we make this accessible? How do we show people that WordPress actually has a lot more to it than you'd give it credit for, right? Like there's some real complex problems to solve. Um, I, I think... Yeah, I've, there's a lot of opportunity here. And when I see things like this, we can feel for the people who are effect, being affected by the layoffs. And like, come on over. There's a lot of stuff in WordPress. And with that coming over into WordPress, my encouragement to folks is just to have this, this open mind and this curiosity. And uh, when you do that, then like the whole thing can get better. Oh, well, that was a nice ending. Let's go for our recommendation and let's wrap up this show. All right, so mine is a, a free resource. It's something online called Flourish. It, it's a data visualisation tool. Um, it um, lets you show data in different um, ways and you can play around with it and, it, and it's free. And um, we were using it on something and... Uh, I quite liked it. So let's start with John Locke. Have you got a recommendation for the tribe, John? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, it is from a woman named Kim Creighton, and it's a book on pre-order called Profit Without Oppression. And this will uh, help you if you're running any type of organization, software development, or any type of entrepreneurial uh, organization. It will help you uh, identify systems, institutions, and policies that privilege a few while excluding and harming the many and help you to 
a reverse course on that. So Yeah, it sounds, it sounds difficult, but actually I think it's very simple, the fundamental core. Mm-hmm. It's really quite simple. Treat other people the way that you want to be treated. Yeah. But we fail to do that so many times. Isn't that it's really quite, it's, it it's, quite be, simple, it's quite it simple, be really. To treat people the way they want to be treated. Well, that's a different discussion, Sally. Um, so, Andrew, have you got something that you would like to share with the tribe? Yes, wordpress.org forward slash plugins forward slash code dash snippets, the original and best. Put it into Slack and I'll make sure it's in the show notes. Uh, um, and um, Spencer, if you got something to share with our beloved tribe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, earlier in the conversation, um, I didn't throw my two cents in it, but what I've been doing lately is demonstrating what I can accomplish with just the core Gutenberg blocks, not any of the third-party stuff. Not to say we didn't need them or want them, but rather what is capable of being accomplished. And there's two things that need to go into Gutenberg blocks, but one of them is a plugin that you could use now. For those who use it and can uh, uh, make advantage of it, it's called Blocks CSS. It's essentially just a CSS editor that shows up in the Gutenberg editing screen. So you can apply, if you have that skill set, CSS to modify your layout, which is often useful because the core blocks are missing a couple other key things, one of which they have in the core code, but it's not on all the normal blocks. It's like only applies if a developer adds it. It's called dimensions. And that's the ability to add padding and margin to any block, which is so fundamentally necessary. Because, like, I'll put a heading block in and then a paragraph block. And it's like, I, I want to put some stuff. And it's not appropriate to use the spacer. And I want to, you know, and I can't position anything. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to use an additional set of 37 blocks that come from a third party because nobody sells one block at a time. So, Blocks CSS is an example how you can get some basic CSS. I teach it. It's available for free at CSS Tricks. And just put it in there and tweak your Gutenberg. It's a a very handy example. Tweak your Gutenberg. So, Jonathan, have you got something to share with the slot, the tribe? Yeah. So one of my favorite plugins, it's been around for about 10 years. Uh, It has the same name now as it did then. It's called Code Snippets. It's uh, it, it's it's great. It's a good tool for managing your code, and you can get it at CodeSnippets.pro, the original, the best. That's yeah. my recommendation. This uh, week. Put that. Can you put that in chat, and now I'll make sure I've uh, and so, oh god, we should have all just done that. That's that's uh, that nicely done, Jonathan Wold. <laughs> Great minds think alike. That's why I always like Jonathan on the show. By, by like, the way, what did they mention prior to this whole WP code shenanigan? Code snippets was delisted for no really good reason for a couple of weeks. Well, and I think we, we, I think we know why it was delisted, don't we? There, uh, it's pretty clear. But I'm just it? saying, you know, there's look, look, look closely at what's uh, who, right. Who in needs front a of good you. reason? Um, you can see what's happening. So. I'd love to have James Farmer on the show. Yeah, I, I've got something. I've got a little story to tell you after this. I, I might do it on air. But yeah, me, James my... Farmer, and Andrew on the show. Sally, you, John, whatever. But like, let's turn this into a let's get down to business because I really feel like we're at a turning point in WordPress. And it's a good thing. It's a glass half full thing. But it's like the Emperor's New Clothes story 
where the kid speaks up. Like the whole first part of the book is all. Well, I think you've been speaking up for uh, the whole of this bloody episode, Sally. Have you got a rep? Um, I do uh, have a recommendation. This episode, every episode. Uh, and it's and it's and uh, uh, and it's not the original code snippets, though I I uh, <clears throat> I, I would recommend it. Um, uh, <clears throat> but uh, this is something for all of you like me, who not only have a certain tendency to chase the shiny, uh, but who follow every possible distraction and interruption wherever it happens to lead uh it's called the anti-planner uh and it's uh by danny donovan who makes uh comics for people with adhd uh and uh, uh so you go to adhddd.com uh, uh and uh there is an anti-planner coming out it's not like calendars or scheduling so much it's techniques to deal with whatever happens to be the reason that you're not being productive right now. Uh, better read that, uh, um, especially I after was, this. Show. I was going to visit that, but I got distracted. All right, panel. I whoa, think it's whoa, time whoa, to whoa. wrap up this great show. <laughs> Uncle Spencer can take his medication. Jonathan, please. Can- you know what? You started the show like you you just shagged the donkey, and now you're like a hero. I, I'm calling you out on this show after episode 790. I'm just trying to get it going with some technical problems. I warn you, I have a photographic memory in some cases, and when the day comes when WP Engine changes their pricing, I'm going to take out a full page ad with your picture on it and today's episode because nobody otherwise is seeing the show because you didn't click the link. You may be defend somebody. You may be defend WP Engine, which I have no problem with. But I thought, which, I by the way, be, I, I you, you managed to get me to defend people. I never thought I would ever defend. So you, there you, we know go. you know, you know who your best friends in the world are in business and otherwise. The ones that are honest with you and your behavior. And Jason Cohen, I've said it, I posted on Twitter this week, as a human being, as an entrepreneur, the smartest human being I've ever met, one of the nicest human beings on the planet. But it's inexcusable to say that their business practices that I disagree with should be ignored because he's a great human being or that Heather Brunner is a great human being. It's the business practice. And Syed is a great father and family person, but his business practices are unethical. That's what my job is. I, for somebody that is not noted for he's been diplomatic, I do, I do feel the way that you're framing this, I wouldn't totally agree. But we need to end the show, folks. It's been a great show. It's been war and peace. Um, We'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Why not visit the Mastermind WordPress membership group on Facebook? And if you want to keep up with all the latest news on the podcast, visit wp-tonic.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.